0: The rule in the NFL is a draft class needs at least three years to tell you what it is. So we look back at the 2020 draft now that Jordan Love is going to get a chance to prove his worth. That's on today's show.
1: You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. To do Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Your team, Pop! every day. Touchdown! You're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Let's talk Jordan Love on the show today. Let's talk about the 2020 draft on the show today. Thanks to all of you who make Locked On Packers your first listen. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And so the 2020 draft class has a lot riding on the 2023 season. Because Jordan Love... Has not generated any value really to the Green Bay Packers. And the the counter argument to anything that is said about Jordan Love contributing this year or next year is two things. um, You're missing all the value of a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Or and not a rookie quarterback, but a, a young quarterback on a rookie deal. And two, he did not help Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl he did not contribute to a team winning a Super Bowl now I think the Packers saw that 2019 run and correctly believed that that team was both very good but not quite great and maybe a little further from competing than the NFC Championship game trip suggested now that turned out not to be the case and that it was the perfect time in a, in a lackluster for Aaron Rodgers season, but pretty good for most other quarterbacks' season, going, mm, maybe it's time to build for the future. I don't want to relitigate the wisdom of that. We have not seen it with Jordan Love. We just haven't seen him play. And so we can't actually answer this question about Jordan Love in the, his first three seasons because we haven't really had the opportunity to see him play. But if you go back to Aaron Rodgers, we would really be saying the same thing now in 2008. That's what we, we'd be going. Well, there was the Cowboys game. He looked pretty great in that game. But is that enough? And so it's the same thing. Yeah, Jordan Love looked pretty good in that Eagles game. He looks pretty good against the Saints in the preseason. Is that enough? Well, we don't know. Now, to that argument about winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, I get it, and I I think there is, we can't look at the, the value generation numbers, for example, which we're about to do, and say that stuff happens in a vacuum. But what I said in 2020 when the draft happened, I said, Aaron Rodgers... He's probably going to play two or three more seasons. That's what it looked like. Two more years, maybe three. And then you'd go to Jordan Love. Well, that's exactly what happened plus a year. three. He played three more seasons, basically. And I said at the time, if Jordan Love is good, he will be more valuable in just two or three years than any receiver the Packers could have taken instead. And I did some mathing on this. I used Sports Info and Solutions Total Points metric. A metric I really like because what it does is isolate the value actually created by the player versus the scheme or for a receiver. Like if there's a blown coverage, you don't get full credit for that. And if you're a quarterback... And a receiver makes a spectacular catch, you don't get full credit for that. For example, T. Higgins is is always the guy that people bring up because Michael Pittman, like for as tantalizing as that talent is, he just has not been, first of all, healthy, but not really been a player that I think would have impacted the Packers' offense that much. Now you you could make the case about you know he would be better with Aaron Rodgers, but. As we've seen, Aaron Rodgers, and especially in an offense where he had Devontae Adams, for example, to throw the ball to, is he really going to be throwing to that guy very much? Al Lazard, MVS. He had other players. Is he going to throw it to Chase Claypool? Maybe, but maybe not. But so T. Higgins is the example because T. Higgins is unquestionably a really, really good player. Chase Claypool, bent up and down. Michael Pittman, I think, requires some projection. T. Higgins is the guy. That's the name that that gets brought up the most. Oh, well, T. Higgins. Could have drafted T. Higgins. Sports Info and Solutions total points. In his career, T. Higgins has generated 80 total points. And you could say, oh, he was wide receiver two to Jamar Chase. He would have been wide receiver two to Devontae Adams. So, 13 quarterbacks created 80 or more total points Last season, one year of their quarterback play was worth the entire T. Higgins value proposition. And it it's not just Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Here are some of the names who hit that 80 point benchmark from last season. And then remember, this is value they created, not for example, you throw the ball five yards to Tyree Kill and he runs for an eighty-yard touchdown. You do not get all of that value, to Tua Valoa. But Tua on this list, Geno Smith on this list, Daniel Jones on this list, Andy Dalton on this list, Jacoby Brissett, who played a little over half a season, is just off this list. Quarterback is that valuable it is that important to your team they create that much value that having a quality player or even just sort of a middling player is so much more valuable than even having a good player at a secondary position now again i can hear i can hear some of you pushing back and saying well but the value to the packers at the time And to that I say, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But if T. Higgins plays in 2020 for 2019 Aaron Rodgers or 2018 Aaron Rodgers, how much value does he actually have? And to my point, let's say Jordan Love is a T Higgins caliber quarterback. So whatever T Higgins is as a receiver, he's like, what? The 12th best receiver in the league, the 14th best receiver in the league, the 16th best receiver in the league. He's probably a top 20 receiver in the league, right? If Jordan Love is that as a quarterback, he's Daniel Jones. He will be worth more than T Higgins has been for his entire career. And having that at quarterback in, for example, 2023, can keep your whole entire franchise afloat. It can keep a winning culture because you can credibly say we are trying to win games. That is so vital. I can't understate how vital it is. And so for the Packers to keep that, and to be able to move this forward and get a better evaluation on Matt LaFleur. I I have been defending this pick from the moment, not quite from the moment it was made, but from shortly right, right after. I said it was not the pick that I would have made, but I understood it. And the more that I thought about it, the more I understood it. Not because I was trying to understand it, but because I got really excited about the talent. I, I retweeted a, a Dan Orlovsky clip that she said TV put out from around the draft in 2020 when Dan Orlovsky said Jordan Love is the most natural thrower in the class. He makes the most wild plays. He makes the most wild throws. This is in a class with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa, who if hadn't, he hadn't been injured, might have been the number one overall pick. And Jordan Love was the most naturally talented guy, the most gifted thrower of the football. Now, I think Dan is a little out over his skis on that one. I think Justin Herbert pretty clearly was a more gifted thrower. But this is what was being said about Jordan Love. And that is the kind of talent that he has. And so if he hits on that talent and he's not, you know, like if he's, you know, for one season, Daniel Jones can be the 12th best quarterback in the league. For one season, Andy Dalton can be the 15th best quarterback in the league. If you can be that consistently year in and year out, then basically you're Kirk Cousins. You're, you're Dak Prescott or somewhere in that. You're Ryan Tannehill. Well, guess what those guys do? They go to the playoffs every year. And it is, it is very valuable to win games. I don't know if you guys know this. And so, again... We we haven't seen the value so far for the Packers with Jordan Love, but if he is of comparable value to a receiver they could have taken that, that a lot of you wanted them to take, he will be more valuable to the Packers on his rookie contract than those receivers are or were to their team and more valuable than they would have been to the Packers over the last, let's say, three years. We'll get to the rest of the 2022 Packers draft in a second. But before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at the Ultimate Football GM. Think you could do a better job drafting than Brian Gutekindst? We'll prove it with the Ultimate Football GM. It is a mobile game app that if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you have to try it. It's not as easy as you think to create a dynasty. All, every aspect you can think of. A GM has to control. You can do it in this game. And once you download it, you don't need Wi-Fi to play. You can play it on a plane, on the subway, whatever you want. You got to make decisions, hiring the right coaches, drafting the right players, signing the right free agents, having the right scouting staff. All of it matters in Ultimate Football GM. Locked on Packers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKED ON in the game store. That's Locked On. So make sure to check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com to look it up or look it up in the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out locked on NFL scouting available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: So as we go through this here, the Jordan love pick makes sense. I like the Jordan love pick. Uh, The A.J. Dillon pick is where things start to get a little weird for the Packers. Now, A.J. Dillon is a really good football player. And I'm not even going to get into, for the moment, the positional value stuff. He was last year, qualitatively by Pro Football Focus and quantitatively by Sports Info and Solutions, one of the best running backs in football, but he wasn't even the best running back on his team. What, what doesn't make sense to me, just again, forget positional value of running backs for a second and just think, okay, they allocated high end draft capital to a player who is good and still gave Aaron Jones a near top of market running back contract. Just for a position where you can only have one on the field at a time. Now you can rotate them, but you can only have one on the field at a time. It is not like receiver where you can play three at once. And yes, you can have 21 and the Packers try to go to more 21 personnel last year. Pony personnel. Okay. Max, that's 20% of your offense. Max in a given game. It might be a little higher, but over the course of the season, that's going to be absolute tippy top max 20% of your offense unless you're a team like the 49ers where you're splitting out Christian McCaffrey and he's actually like a receiver for you too. And that's not what A.J. Dillon is and it's not really what Aaron Jones is. So just from an allocation of resources standpoint, this didn't make a ton of sense. Now the Packers hadn't given up that that deal yet. They were a year away from it knowing that they probably couldn't keep Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. They value the position. Matt LaFleur wants, if not three, at least two, really good running backs. And so I get it, I get it. Again, we're not even to the positional value part of this. Just from a draft history part of this, Jamal Williams was a fourth round pick. Aaron Jones was a fifth round pick. You don't need to use high level draft capital on running backs. You just don't running backs grow on trees. So again, yes, they are less valuable than other positions, but one of the reasons why they are less valuable than other positions is precisely because you can find them anywhere in the draft. Day three, Elijah Mitchell, really good player. Late day three. Think about some of these, like the Raheem Mosterts and the Matt Breedis of the world—the guys that have made this the Shanahan tree scheme work—all of the guys in the in the big Mike Shanahan tree, the 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 Mike Andersons and the Olandis Garys, and the and these like the the joke was that that outside zone scheme could take anyone off the street and make them a thousand yard rusher. And so again, AJ Dillon, really good football player, really good. But the, the, the way that you allocated your resources just doesn't make sense. And, you know, you could have had Jeremy Chin at 62. You could have had Julian O'Quara at 67, who's not as good a player as A.J. Dillon, but who is a pass rusher. So, you know, I, it's not as much about who they they passed on, because I don't think the the guys that they passed on, with the exception of Jeremy Chin, who I absolutely loved and who plays, I um, played a need position for them at the time because they wanted to play so much dime. They really did need a third safety. It would have made so much more sense to have that third safety and, and some Adrian Amos insurance. He was going into year two of that contract. He played really well in 2019, but you just never know. Like, I'm not going to kill them because they didn't draft Julian Blackman or some of these other guys. And if you look at that draft, like, the guys who went after that, it's kind of rough. Like Willie Gay, Ashton Davis, Damian Lewis, Brandon Jones, Josh Jones, Devon Hamilton, Zach Bond, Keyshawn Vaughn, Michael Ojamudia, Matt Hennessy, Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, Neville Gallimore. Like these are not, these are not good players. So it's not even, a, you know, like a Jay Sternberger situation where they took a guy and you could have had Terry McLaurin. Like that's not quite what this was, it was just not quite the allocation of resources that, that made the most sense in the moment. Now, I, the, the same is true to a lesser degree with Josiah DeGuarra because the Jay Sternberg experience, you know, was was a roller coaster at the time. They, they liked some of the flashes, but, you know, he couldn't stay on the field. There were issues with the health and, and so on. And ultimately, you know, they, they part ways with him. But you you wanted, they, they said, they wanted to line him up all over the place. You go back and watch the early usage. He was going to have a, a real part of this offense right away. H-back, fullback, tight end, all over the offense. Never got on the same page with Aaron Rodgers and never got out of the Aaron Rodgers doghouse. Now, that is partially on Josiah DeGuara. It's partially on the team um, because he was very clearly a a player that could have helped them. Now, it's also not the team's fault that he tore his ACL and and lost all that developmental time. But when you can't get on the field over, you know, Tyler Davis. When you can't get on the field over Big Bob Tunyon, who the Packers were, you know, basically not playing on early downs as a run blocker because he just can't do it. You can't get on the field over, you know, the 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 offensive to the sixth offensive lineman that is Mercedes Lewis, who, by the way, everyone loves big dog. Not a shot at big dog. It's incredible what he's able to do as a blocker, but he has done almost nothing for you in the passing game. And DeGuara has not been able to get on the field in those situations. Now, look at the players drafted right after. It's not anyone that you're going to be that upset about. Lucas Niang, Jacob Phillips, Malik Harrison, you know, Matt Pert, Tanner Muse, Dalton Keen, Dalvin Taylor, Terrell Burgess, Adam Troutman, Tyree Phillips. Alex Highsmith is a nice player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really good player, but you're not going to die over that one. Akeem Davis, Gaither, Sadiq Charles, John Simpson, Darnay Holmes, Solomon Kinley, Joshua Kelly, Troy Pride. Like these are not, these are not like they didn't make some big mistake. Now they could have had Albert O who from a, a physical standpoint matches what they they tend to like athletically in general. Now at tight end, they get a little weird about it. But Albert O, not, not a blocker, really, and has never really come into what you, you thought the physical traits told you he had a chance to be. Now, Gabe Davis, you can make the case that that would have been a better pick but they they just didn't feel like those guys could move the needle more than the interior development that was the case i i i guess i understood it at the time from a receiver standpoint but the Deguara part of this is the part that that does not really make sense to me at all we're going to get to the rest of the 2020 nfl draft but before we do Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash That's FanDuel.com slash to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Crabb and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So the rest of the 2020 draft is where you actually start to go okay, this this makes some sense. Kamal Martin was a linebacker that, that Packers were excited about. He had one good game and they needed the help at linebacker. This was a worthy swing. Now we do, I think before we get there, um, the fourth round pick that the Packers didn't take was 136. That was the pick they used to move up for Jordan Love and that was used on Bryson Hopkins, a tight end who has not been able to do much. Um, now they could have taken Legarius Sneed there, who it turns out is a good player. They could have taken Tyler Biadish there, although there were some extenuating circumstances um, in that situation. And they had the best center in the league, or one of them at the time. So uh like to go up and get Jordan Love, this is all tied into the the love part of this. If love is good, it doesn't matter. Camille Martin. They could have had KJ Osborne, the very next pick, and he's turned into a nice player for the Vikings. Like, maybe that would have been nice to have. But I think trying to take a shot here on, on a player with some athletic gifts, I'm not, I can't kill the Packers for that one. It didn't work out, though, just objectively. It didn't work out. And there is kind of a startling number of players from this draft that are are just non-entities in the NFL. Just like not even not even around. Not just the Packers in general. So I'm looking around at this draft, and I'm like, "Is that person even on a roster? Is that person even in the NFL anymore?" It's a it was a weird, 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 weird draft. Really good receiver draft at the top, and the rest of the the rest of the draft kind of garbage. Um, sixth round, John Runyon Jr. This is, I think, other than the Jordan Love pick, because we don't know yet. This was the best pick of the draft. Sixth round to get him at 192 and and arguably, you know if Jordan love turns out to be bad, which I don't think is gonna happen, but arguably the only good pick in this draft I mean really you could you could make the case as the only good pick in the draft given the value to get a starting caliber guard and I don't you know he is he is a high level pass protector and a below average run blocker, which which puts him in the sort of average to slightly above average at guard um conversation and so you know, to get him in the sixth round, that's a really nice thing. That's a really good for your, de- your development. Um, and he has been a val- very valuable. He was a very valuable backup player before he became a valuable starting player. So this is a good pick. This is a good pick. And that doesn't mean that, that John Running Jr. is, you know, an all-pro. It's just, this is really good value to get him here. 208 Packers, you get Jake Hansen. I don't I don't think Jake Hansen's an NFL player. I don't I didn't understand the obsession with him last year. I didn't understand why they played him over Zach Tom. I didn't understand, understand any of it, but he got an extension. He's still on this team. To get a guy like that who's a rosterable offensive lineman, I I guess that's what he is. In the sixth round, that's useful. Um St- Simon Stepanek, out of the NFL. Vernon Scott, not on the team. Jonathan Garvin at 242, that would be the other guy that you go, okay, one of the best one of the best picks in this draft for the Packers. He's a rotational NFL player at a premium position. At pick 242, that is way more than you are generally getting out of a spot like that. So, that's a good pick. Is he a good player? No. But can he be edge 4, edge 5 and give you special teams value? Yeah. At pick 242, that's good, but when when that's what we're talking about, if it's like Jordan Love and then like John Runyon Jr. and Jonathan Garvin, and those are your, your quote-unquote good picks in the draft, you have a problem. And, and that's with AJ Dillon being a good player, but then it, it's a matter of value. I don't know if that was a good value there, and I'm going to get pushback from people who go, well, but... Good players are good players, and it's like, yeah, to a point. Like, I want good football players for sure. The goal is to always have good football players, but I need to be, I need to maximize value, and I need to do it in a way that is consistent with the way that you tend to maximize value in the draft. So, from a process standpoint, you know, just not a, not a great running back pick. Now, Chris Barnes, undrafted free agent, rotational linebacker for the Packers. He started ten games as a rookie. That's useful. Patrick Taylor, backup running back. He's been a kind of a useful player. There's there's some decent guys in this undrafted free agent crop. Marquez Calloway at the Saints. Um, pro bowler Tyler Hunley on this list. But it, it was a weird draft for everyone. And particularly a weird draft for the Packers. And the story is still to be written. If Jordan Love is good, really nothing else matters. Because the only position... Ultimately, that matters that you hit is quarterback. How many years did the Packers, did it matter a little less to them because they had Aaron Rodgers? Now, Jordan Love, in order for that to be the case, has to be that level of guy. I think he has the talent to do that, whether or not he does. I mean, the chances are he won't. Let's just be 100 about that. But if he can be the 12th best quarterback in the league, if he can be the 14th best quarterback in the league year in and year out, and then some years he... He, he's the eighth best, he's the sixth best, a la Matt Ryan in 2016, then those are the times when you get an opportunity to put yourself in contention. But you can't miss on the rest of a draft. And the 2018 draft has some similar vibes. Like J. is a really good player. You got that future first round pick. That's great. You got good value with Marcos Vallis-Gantling. The rest of that draft is kind of a disaster. And that's not the best. Now this 2022 draft looks like it's really, really good looks like it's really really good put together another draft like that 2023 you might really have something all right back next week plenty more to get to as we head toward the nfl draft so maybe we'll get a trade here someday i don't know i don't know if we will follow me on twitter peter underscore we will follow me on twitter peter underscore bukowski follow the podcast on twitter locked on packers like us on facebook subscribe to the podcast itunes spotify google Podcasts. wherever you find podcasts you will find locked on packers and any time You want to come hang out with us live on the YouTubes, you can do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page to stay locked on Packers.